What is up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever Dudes Who Bet Sports. So you want to bet sports, but you need some advice on how to cash in big at a heck of a price. Well, if you want enough money to line your shorts, then you're in the right place. This is Dudes Who Bet Sports. Dudes Who Bet Sports. It's your favorite show. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Where degenerates go. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, What's up, everybody? What a difference a week makes. We joined you last week in turmoil for the Oklahoma program, and this week we introduced a new head football coach. We're going to talk about that a lot, but let's kick it off real quick, and we're going to start it right hit. We're going to hit the, hit the ground running, Papa Dude. Patriots-Bills is a game of the week uh, in the NFL. It's going to happen here about an hour and 15 minutes. The Bills, a three-point favorite. Papa Duke, Patriots, Bills, who we taking? Well, you just pulled up the weather, and I'm glad you did. Because <laughs> for those of you that don't know, it's been snowing in Buffalo. But the main problem is the wind. Uh, Aaron pulled it up all ago, gusting 45 miles an hour, but a sustained wind of 30 uh, miles an hour, that is going to present huge problems in the kicking game and throwing the ball uh, in my article that I wrote for this game I took the over on all of the point totals because I thought they were a little low New England had 20 for their team total and Buffalo 21 and a half and they do both have good defenses but I still thought that was a little bit low the over under is 39 and a half I think I'm going to have to go the under with that win what, what do you think yeah, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, I, I definitely think this is going to turn into who can run the ball the best and who can stop the ball or stop the run the re- the best. And geez, you can tell I'm tired. I can't even talk today. But uh, I, I listen. I think it favors the Patriots. I I I kind of was leaning towards the Bills in this game uh, until I saw this weather, see the wind. Uh, I was watching a guy kick a 34-yard field goal right before we came on as for practice. The ball was going right towards the, the center of the uprights, and the wind grabbed it, and it was short and to the right. <laughs> so um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough uh, to throw and kick here. I just think the Patriots, with their running game and their in their front seven defensively, I think they can win this one. I'm going to go New England plus the three here. Yeah, I think unders are going to be in play. Uh, it just makes sense. It's going to be that way. I mean, you look at it. Josh Allen is the is the and and Stephon Diggs. That's the two biggest weapons for the Bills. They right. could be neutralized in this game. And even think, hey, even when you have the win, judging how to throw it, you know, overthrowing guys would be a problem. Field position is going to be so important. Let's say you get the ball on your own ten, and you're going into that wind. You're going to and and you get stopped. You're not going to kick it out past the 50-yard line. So, I, you know, wind is a real problem in football. It, it just is. It, it affects so many things. So you got to make decision when the when you win the toss. Do you take – when do you want to have the wind? Do you want to have it in the third quarter, the fourth quarter? You know, there's so many decisions that the wind uh, will be a factor. And you're right, throwing the ball, uh, you got to decide – what kind of passes to throw. And and I, I think New England has a short passing game that's pretty good too. Yep. You would think short passes it would the wind would not bother it quite as much. Uh they got a couple of tight ends that are pretty good. Uh 
I know a little bit more about them than I do the Bills. I haven't watched the Bills a whole lot. Uh, I I didn't like the line either way. You know, I could see it going either way, and I still could. It should be a good game, and, man, it's fun to watch football when it's cold and snowing, as long as you don't have to be out, out in it and you're sitting underneath a blanket at your house. It is going to be – listen, I mentioned I am on very, very, very little sleep. I, I was at a wedding last uh, – from, from Thursday to Sunday – uh, flew back today. I uh, had a 6 a.m. Eastern flight, which is 5 Central Time, uh, and had to be at the airport at like 4, was up at 3.30. Didn't go to bed till midnight because I was watching all the OU coaching stuff. So like I said, very little sleep. If I can stay awake for this game, it's going to be a surprise. I'm going down to the basement to watch this thing. I can't wait, but I'm afraid I am going to fall asleep. Um, yeah, you're right, though. Nothing better than this time of year you're sitting at home and you can watch a game like this between two really, really good teams. Uh, Russ went with the Bills and the Pats. I guess you're saying the Pats are kind of due uh, for a loss uh, or maybe a bad game, something like that. I just think if it comes down to the little things like coaching decisions and intangibles, I think that does favor New England a little bit. Um, So I'm going to take New England plus the three. Uh, really, really looking forward to this one. I've been looking forward to this one all week. Most of my family uh, that I was with this week are all Patriot fans, and this is all they wanted to talk about <laughs> all week long. So yeah. uh, we had a good time kind of analyzing and breaking down this game. So uh, going to be a good one. Definitely going to be a good one. Um, all right, Papa Dude. Yeah. I, I, let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about what we want to talk about. Um, <laughs> I mentioned I was up uh, a lot of the night last night, and, and that's because – Brent Venables has been named the head coach at Oklahoma. And, and this was not a surprise and uh, exciting for sure. But what I was watching is thousands, and I mean thousands, of OU fans at 10 o'clock last night were waiting for his plane to arrive at the airport there in Norman. Uh, the ponies were there. The Sooner Schooner was there. The band was there. The Roughnecks were there. An unbelievable scene last night in Norman, wasn't it? I, I simply could not believe it. Uh, some of that was staged, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, the administration found out that there was a crowd out there, and then they got everybody together. Now, they've been doing that. When they hired the basketball coaches, they had a, the girls' basketball coach and the guys' basketball coach resigned last year, retired last year. And when the new coaches came into the airport, they did something similar to this, but that was in the daytime. Yeah. And there was maybe 100 people there. This was at 10 o'clock at night, as you said. The wind was blowing like crazy. I think yeah. it got cold in the middle of that, too. It did. Yep. The weather here, folks, in Missouri has been unseasonably warm. And in Oklahoma, even warmer. It's been in the 70s, almost 80, which broken records here. And, and, it's, and it turned off very, very cold last night. And I think that front came through in the middle of that. We're not talking about 100 people. We're talking about over 1,000 people at the airport to meet this guy, which I, I, I was just stunned mm-hmm. at, at this. And, and then after that, they went to the uh, uh, facility, the football stadium where the offices are and everything. There was a, a – bunch of people there and how they knew he they were going to bring him down there i don't know yeah that's what shocked me because i think it was kind of a spur of the moment thing was to go to the stadium 
I'm not, I don't know this, but I don't know how the work, did you see anything on Twitter about I'm going to the stadium? No, I, I didn't know anything about it. Uh, in, in a matter of fact, I, when they finally got away from the airport, I turned it all off. And then I saw that in the, uh, this morning that, that they went to the stadium. It, it is incredible. You know, I, nice. I, all the time I get people, why are you a big OU fan? Like, why, why don't get it? Like, why are you this? Why are you that when it comes to OU? And honestly, that last night is where I'll just point to from now on. That's why, because yeah. it it truly is. We take it personal, you know, and this is this is life uh, for us OU fans. This is, you know, I'm not going to say it's all we got because I root for other teams, too. But this is this is the biggest thing there is. And and the support was unbelievable. I OU people are at their best. And I, I think the team feeds off of it too bad. We don't have a game for a couple of weeks, but when we're doubted, when, when we're dogged on, you know, when, when we're kicked, that's when we really rally and get behind somebody. And so it was really, really good to see uh, on to the higher specifically. I, it's twofold for me. Number one, uh, from, from a personal standpoint, I could not be more happy for Brent Venables. I've always been, a huge, huge fan of Brent Venables. He is a great, great person and a great coach. And I, I'm I'm thrilled for him. From will this work? Will he be successful? I really land on this is it's 50-50. It to me, it really is. There's a lot of positives. He's been there, he's very enthusiastic, he's energetic. Um, he's coached under three legends in the game without any doubt he's won three national titles as assistant coach the negative is he's 51 years old and this is his first head coaching job right this is truly a unique situation he's not the hot young new you know assistant coach that everybody's after uh, you know he's not that experienced guy that's that's that, that's taken this big job he's 51 years old and this is his first head coaching job doesn't bother me one bit not a bit. Good. I'm going to go 80-20. He's going to be successful, 80%. And the reason I'm going to say this, he's worked for three legends. Mm -hmm. And you can't help but learn things when you've worked for the people he's worked for. And in that press conference today, I saw exactly what I wanted to see. Fire, passion, and love. Mm -hmm. And and that that wears off on those players. He is genuine. And there's such a thing, and a lot of people don't get this, but when you get older, like me, there's such a thing as being happy. And he might have been happy at what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And he was paid extremely well. Money's not everything. And I think that's part of it. And I just don't think he ever got the offer that he thought he could be successful at. The best job that he's that he's had he could have he, he said today and, and i'm assuming that they offered the auburn job to him isn't that yep. the way you took that yeah here let's yep. think about the auburn job for just a minute are you ever going to be better in alabama uh, not not while nick saban's there and probably well, not even if no. he's not there well, why in the hell do you want to take that job yeah you're never going to be better you might be better than alabama once every 10 years yeah do you want to be in a job like that where no. you're going up against somebody? Hell no. He, I think, has been looked at pretty hard in Arkansas. I think a couple of times. It seems like he's turned down Arkansas twice. I think so. All right. Yeah. Let's look why. 
they're in the SEC. They're about as good as they're going to be this year, which is eight and four. They might have a super year and get to 10 and two. Are they going to be consistently? And this is no knock on Arkansas. I don't mean to knock them at all. That is a fan base that is good as any fan base is. Yeah. But there are facts. So he didn't take it. Uh, the Kansas State job, which is where he's from. Yeah, he, it seems he, like he turned that job down. Yeah. Who the hell wants that job? Who yeah. wants that job? So, no, I don't look at anything that he hadn't had another job. He could not turn this one down. No. Because this is the best. Yeah. I mean, this is the best job he's he's had offered to him. He's coming home. Uh, the vibes are all there. Yeah. He's got everything it takes. He learned from Bill Snyder, who, in my opinion, is the greatest football coach of all time. He took a Kansas State program that couldn't beat a little league team and turned him into a power. That's yeah. unbelievable. He learned from Bob Stoops, another incredible person, person and coach. And then Dabble Sweeney, who's as good a guy as there is. I, he, he spoke so highly of him today. Those are three guys. You don't absorb something from those guys. This guy's going to make it. I'm going to tell you right now, if he can hire the right offensive coordinator, that's the key. Another big thing to think about, you know, it's not just playing under those coaches or coaching under those coaches. He, he was recruited by Bob Stoops to come to Kansas state. He played for Bill Snyder at Kansas state. He coached for Bill Snyder at Kansas state. He was there when they weren't very good and they built it up. He came to Oklahoma with Bob Stoops in 1999 when we weren't very good and they awful. built it up. He went to Clemson with Dabo they and they weren't good. that good and no. they built it up together. I like that aspect of, oh, you coached at Nick, for Nick Saban last year when they had every good player in the world? Okay, what does that really mean? But to build a program – um, you know, like he has basically been a part of, at least he hasn't himself, but he's been a part of building it three times is, is pretty good. So uh, I, I think that's a positive sign. Yeah. The coordinators, they, they've got to make the right hires there. Yes. The biggest thing, he's a better coach than what we lost. There's no doubt. Can he recruit well enough? That's just the not, question. I'm not worried about that one damn bit. We've had five stars down there, and we haven't been worth a shit. So, yeah. But, I mean, that's a dumb thing to say because we've but, won a lot of games. But we play in a horse shit conference, and yeah. when we get up against the big boys, we can't compete Yeah, with five stars. Let's yeah. go get some toughness. And another thing he said that I loved today, we're going to quit recruiting these kids when they're sophomores in high school. Yeah. That is the most ignorant, stupidest thing I have ever heard, and yeah. that's what Riley liked to do. And I never have understood that because you recruit those kids when they're sophomores. That doesn't mean they're coming to Oklahoma. Right. I don't understand that, and he said they're not doing that. So, yeah, he definitely – he put an end to that real quick. I definitely think OU's going to get tough, but you can be a tough team and go eight and four if you're not – if you don't have the players. And that's going to be the key. Um, yeah. We, <laughs> Hey, Iowa, I look at Iowa. That's a tough team. They're also not any good. So, I mean, that's that's We're the We're not thing. talking about Iowa, Aaron. We're not talking about Iowa. We're Let's talking not about forget. Oklahoma. Let's not forget. And I'll listen. I love Brent Venable. When Brent Venable's left, I called you. I said, you don't replace a guy like that. You go, oh, they'll be fine. I said, you don't replace a guy like Brent Venable's. 
that is an excellent football coach. Yeah. He he was there to rebuild us. He's a good guy. Yeah. That's a terrible loss that we just suffered. Mm-hmm. But let me be. I, you have to you have to look at the other side of this. When he was there, and he left, most OU people were happy. Most OU people were blaming Brent Venables for the defense going downhill and wanted Mike Stoops back, and they were celebrating that he left. A lot of people, as in every single one of you OU fans, nobody talking about that. Everybody's kind of forgotten that. We kind of ran him out of town a little bit. So let's think I about was, that. I, I let's wasn't also, one of them. Let's also, I, was, I, was, I wasn't one of them. You may not have been, but I don't think you were crying either. Um, another thing, listen, the talent had really dipped by the time he left. It had, yeah, but, and that's but, a fact. How much of that is his fault? Some of it and some of it not. I'm just saying that you have to, we're all really excited, but you also have to look at the concerns. And there there are concerns. This is not a slam dunk, in my opinion. I think if you're going to go get a assistant coach, if that's what you want to get, this was as good as you're going to get mm-hmm. because of the experience. The key to him is his staff. You've 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 not agreed with me on the Lincoln Riley situation. The weakest part of Lincoln Riley was the coaching staff. It wasn't together. It was separated, and I think it was weak. I think they were very poorly coached. I think he had nothing but recruiters. I don't think he cared whether they could coach or not. And I'm sorry, but you better have some tough hombres down there coaching. And they didn't have them. They were yes men. They patted those kids on the back. They didn't expect much out of them. They went out and got five stars and didn't make them work like five stars need to work. They're no different than anybody else. That's going to stop. And I think the toughness will be back. I agree. You may worry a little bit about it. Here's the difference between Oklahoma and Iowa. Iowa doesn't have a recruiting base. They don't have one. Where are they going to recruit? There just isn't any place. Oklahoma's got it. No, I'm not, I'm not listen, I'm not comparing Oklahoma to Iowa. All I'm saying is you can be tough all you want. You still gotta have really good players. I the no toughness doubt. I guarantee you by the time they take the field game one, the toughness will be back in the program. No that, there is no other way. The key is who's he gonna get for the offensive coordinator? Yeah. Because the offensive coordinator is the guy that the quarterback who's down there right now has got to click with. Yeah. And if he likes him, I think he'll stay. I do. There's no reason for him to leave. His parents moved to Norman. They love it there, I've heard. They think he'll stay. So that's his first big hire. And all of the rumors are the guy at Mississippi, who was at OU at one time, is is the one they're going to target. Now, that could be just total baloney. I don't know. But no one can argue with the production at Mississippi. Mm -hmm. You know, the guy's good. So if you can get someone of that caliber – and then you get a strength and conditioning coach, which is another key hire in today's college football world. That guy, it's just so important to get somebody that can make those players do what they need to do in the weight room. And there's a lot of rumors that that was a weak spot at Oklahoma, too. And so those are the two key hires. The rest, I think he can do. I I, I do. He's dynamic. Yeah. He. I'm going to tell you, I was about as sick of Oklahoma football as anybody 
Mm-hmm. That's not uh, as rapid a fan as I, I, I was just, I had no interest. The Oklahoma state game did not bother me when no. they got, beat. I went right to bed. Normally I stay up for hours after a loss like that. Didn't bother me at all. He has revitalized me today. Just yeah. listening to him. I am ready to roll and he may fail. Anybody may fail. You don't, you, you can't, no one's a hundred percent slam dunk, Yep. but they weren't going to get Luke fickle. You know, and I feel sorry for Luke Fickle if he did want to leave Cincinnati. He had no way he could leave with all yeah. these big time jobs he could have taken. He couldn't leave Cincinnati. They weren't going to get him. I don't think the guy at Baylor was real interested in coming up there. No. And you know, another thing that my, I don't know, but people in the Big 12 like Campbell and Aranda may all be pissed at Oklahoma because they're leaving the Big 12. They may yeah. have coming there. So I don't know. I think it's the best they could have done, and uh, I, I just think it was a good hire. Well, it's something I thought we would see one day, and then I thought we would never see when he left. Uh, you know, I, I think I, I always kind of envisioned him to kind of be the guy, not Riley, to, to be Venables, to be the guy that took over. And then when he left, obviously, thought, well, we'll never, we'll never see him again, and that's sad. And now he's I here, think- like I said, from on a personal standpoint, I. I I was just smiling from ear to ear all day or all night last night and all day today. Just the smile on his face was just, it was really, really good to see. Um, I think when he left, there were some hard feelings. There were. Yeah. Because they brought in, uh, uh, Bob brought in his brother who had been fired at Arizona. Yeah. And and Brent was the offense or the defensive coordinator. And then he brought in his brother to be the co-defensive coordinator. And I think that upset Venable some. And I think there were some hard feelings when he left. That was 10 years ago. And, you know, I'm I'm sure Stoops has has talked to Venables many, many times since then. Yeah. I think that he had to get over that for a while. If he was going to be a head coach, though, he could not turn this job down. He could. He said, though, when he got to Clemson, he almost turned around and came home. He did. He he really didn't want to leave that first time, but I think he felt like he had done too much work to be the co-defensive coordinator once again. Yeah. We want to talk about staff and how important it is. When OU won the national championship in 2000, Bob Stoops, that was the second year. Look at the guys he brought in as assistants, right? Yep. Mike Stoops, who went to Arizona, like you mentioned, he got fired, but he also took them to two bowl games. Now, That's tell right. me how Arizona's done after Mike Stoops. He's the best coach they've had down there. That in is 20 a years. Horrible. That's a cesspool. Yeah, he's a, he's done better than anybody the last 20 years. Right. They had Mark Mangino. Yeah. Mark, Mark Mangino took Kansas to the Orange Bowl, guys. That's right. They lost one game. I mean, Mark Mangino had Kansas in a bowl almost every year he was there. Tell right. me how they're doing right now, right? That's right. He had Mike Leach. Mike Leach wins Mike everywhere Leach. he goes. Yeah, not too bad a coach. Yeah, he had Venables. I mean, so there's four guys that would go on to be head coaches yeah. or – yeah, right. that's right. Was yeah. there somebody else? It seems like was Chuck Long on that stage. Chuck yeah. Long, who he, ended up, you know. he didn't do too well as a head coach, but no, still a successful yep. coach. Seemed like there was maybe that was it, but there may have been one more that I'm not thinking of. But they had they had head future head coaches, so that's the key. That's what you got to have. You gotta have a staff. Yep, and, and really, some of these guys when they left, they 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 kind of struggled to replace them uh, during some years. Maybe that's why the recruiting did. But anyway, he's there. Uh, hopefully it works out. Uh, here, I've kind of ignored questions again. 
for a second. Uh, Magic wants to know, still wants to know why Papa Dude was not hired. Did he just want too much money? Was that the key? Funny thing, Curtis. I've been listening to this all day. And for the last week, I'm exhausted. <laughs> and today, my wife looked at me and she goes, you would really love to live down there, wouldn't you? <laughs> and I said, oh, I'd give anything to you. I said, I would have been at that airport yeah. every freaking day. I'd yeah. have been sitting there with all those guys scoping it out. I would have. I And so I would do it for very little money. <laughs> I felt... I felt so odd. I'm sitting at, in a hotel in Charleston, South Carolina, and I'm seeing all my people at this airport. And I'm thinking, if I was home, I may have went down there. Like <laughs> it just looked. I, I text Lindsay, our, our, our your uh, your niece, my cousin, and I said, "This looks more fun than the games we went to this year. Like oh, no the doubt. atmosphere is so festive." And and yeah. I said, "I it, whether he whether I think he's going to be. I again, I think Venables could be successful." Um, and again, I, 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 what, no matter what happens, my love for Brent Venables is always going to be large. I mean, he, he is one of my guys, man. Like uh, other than Bob Stoops, he was always like second on my list. And I, I just, I've always loved Brent. So I, I was just, just I would like playing and everything. And it, it would have been amazing, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's going. I would like to be the guy who I would like to be the equipment room guy. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. Here's your helmet. Here's your whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, Russ says Auburn. No, thank you on that job. I, I agree. He also did not like your Arkansas talk. Uh, uh, Isaac loves to see you fired up. The return of the Papa dude rant. Uh, yeah. We still... rant. Well, yeah, you ranted a little bit about uh, the toughness is going to be back and, oh, okay. and, and how we weren't tough. Uh, Curtis has a good question. Does the hire give you more confidence in OU's ability to transition into the SEC? Yes, for me, because of the toughness. We we were never going to be tough enough under Lincoln Riley. Uh, and I think if if like I said, if Venables can can get enough good players, we will have that that edge that you're going to have to have. Well, I saw I heard today because Clemson is an SEC type team. Yep, it doesn't play in the sec they're physical they'll knock the crap out of you that you know that's what they are so i thought i heard him say today that their record against the sec is like 17 and 6 or something like that mm-hmm. or it's 11 of those is when they beat south carolina probably but yeah. <laughs> they've, they've done all right against the sec they went toe-to-toe with alabama you know in the playoffs so and well, even like- the team as poor as they had this year yeah they yeah. played Georgia better than anybody. So I think it, it I think this is a good sign uh for that. I really do. I think I think this is kind of the type of the guy uh you want. It was funny, I got on the plane this morning and uh I had my OU sweatshirt on and one of the flight attendants goes, Hey, you got a good one. I said, Trust me, I know who that guy is. You don't have to tell me because he yeah. was a Clemson fan. So <laughs> Uh, Russ says, does he, uh, does he go with a young gun, young guy protege as defensive coordinator, assuming he will control most of the defense? Don't know. That's a good uh, The rumor is right now, uh, both coordinators, obviously he's going to have to hire and he's kind of going to clean house on the defensive side of it. I think we're going to have a lot of new coaches there where offense, we might retain a few. So I, that's a good question, Russ. I think we'll know more probably on Thursday, right? Yeah, I think so. He's out on the road recruiting right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not worried about the defensive side simply because of him, you know. 
But yeah. I do. I'm very. I mean, that's another. I'm glad you brought that up, Russ. Uh, I'm so glad that he's not going to be the defensive coordinator. Yeah. That way he can kind of be a, a CEO of the whole thing and oversee all of it. I think that was a little bit of. Not, I don't want to say it was Riley's problem, but being the offensive coordinator like he was, I don't think he was connected with the defense at all. I don't think. I think he had to work so hard on the offense, and I didn't want him to give that up because that was his strength. Yeah, it's hard to be a coordinator and a coach, a head coach. It's hard to, to do that. It is. It definitely is. Manu comes in to say uh, he's not very happy with Mr. Baffert, and so I'll put that up there for Manu. So he, he had a, uh, he feels justified for showing up today. Uh, yeah, we'll. That wasn't good. All right, let's go to college football before we talk about that. Kind of wrap this up, uh, you know, this this regular season, so to speak, up here, and, and just kind of quickly go over these games of the NFL. Uh, Oregon, big time fraud, unbelievable. This team was once number three. They lose again to Utah, thirty-eight to ten. Not much there. Hey, this hold on, one, hold on. I don't know if you're going to get to this or not later, but how about that coaching situation at Miami? Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Fill, fill the people in. They're interviewing uh, the coach at Oregon, and yep. they haven't fired their own coach yet. And why do you want the coach at Oregon? God, I wouldn't. And they literally have made it public. If he doesn't take it, the old coach gets to come back. But if Cristobal takes it, you're fired. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. First of all, why do you take a job? Under those circumstances, why do you want to work for a bunch of crackpots like that? I mean, that guy's nuts. Cristobal is got to be. I have not ever been impressed with him. No, I'm well. Somebody immediately goes, "Oh, Cristobal could be a candidate for OU." I was like, "We're oh. burning, we're burning the stadium at that." Yeah, happens. that was like, never going to happen. But no. that's the wildest thing I've ever seen. It's unreal. And like you said, why would anybody want him? Number one, didn't, didn't Diaz resign today? I think he did. Yeah. I, yeah. They're going to, yeah. That, he said the hell with it. And I don't blame him. And no, listen, it was a really disappointing season for Miami, but that's just, that's not how you handle your business if you're Miami. Well, My God. You know what? It was disappointing, but they ended up seven and five. Yeah. They got better. Yeah. I mean, and their quarterback didn't pan out. The guy they thought was going to be their savior was hurt all year. Yeah. yeah, I don't know that he did such a bad job. I'd rather have him than this crackpot they're bringing in. I don't like that guy at all. I just don't think he's very – he hadn't won anywhere, really. No. I mean, in three at Oregon in the Pac-12, that ain't too good, folks. Well, that's just it. Okay, you're out of Oregon. You went 10-3, and three, and you got your ass kicked by Utah. Slow. Yeah. And here's I mean, another thing. You get beat, what, 38-7, to seven, I think it was, mm -hmm. and then you turn, turn around two weeks later and get beat just as bad. Yeah, didn't improve one bit. I agree with Russ. I'd rather be in Oregon. Oh, I would too. At least you get all the free Nike stuff you want. Yeah, exactly. Gosh, I, I don't know. Strange, strange, yeah. strange, strange happenings there. But hey, if he does leave there, that's another job. Oregon's a good job, you know? So yeah, uh, yeah, I will see yeah, what that's happens another, there. Uh, you're right. That's a top 15 job for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's no doubt it's, it's at least top 20. And I'm okay, with you, it's probably top 15. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, me too, Russ. My parents live in Eugene and could actually babysit. Poor Magic. Magic doesn't have a babysitter. Oh, that's too bad, Magic. The problem <laughs> all right. with Oregon, it rains all the time. That would be the problem. That's true. That's true. Miami people get shot all the time. That's, that's right. I'd rather be in Eugene. <laughs> so. 
give and take. Uh, yeah. All right, let's move on to this one. <laughs> Alabama 41, Georgia 24. Just like we thought, Alabama would go oh, out yeah. there and dominate them, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't even know where to start on this one. I, you know. So, go ahead. We both were sitting here last Thursday, which seems like two years ago, talking about this game. And just both of us, we just didn't see any way Georgia could lose. We should have known better. Mm-hmm. because Alabama took him to the woodshed, and I was just stunned. You know, if somebody would have told me Georgia's going to score 24 and move the ball like they did, I would have said they would have won. I, 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 It's just I don't know how to explain it. I have some you know, theories if you want to hear them. But. You know, my cousin, he loves NFL, but he doesn't bet a lot of college. He said, give me a 14 parlay for college. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, um, Baylor plus five and a half. We'll talk about that in a second. I said, uh, Utah minus three. We already talked about it. I said, Cincinnati minus 10 and a half. You know, they cover. And I said, I'll, I would take uh, Georgia minus the six and a half. And so he, we get the first two. He gets the first two, blows them out. Cincinnati's playing. He's like, you son of a bitch. Tell me to play. So that's too many points. You know, they got behind early, you know. Yeah. And Georgia – it's three to nothing. We're, of course, we're at the reception. We're the only two guys huddled by a TV. You know, everybody else is doing what you do at a wedding reception. We're watching TV. Georgia gets the ball at the one-yard line, goes 99 yards, and it's 10 to nothing. And we're like, he's like, you bastard. Cincinnati's going to beat me out of this. I knew he shouldn't have done that one. Georgia's going to kill him. We have the people turn it to the Cincinnati game, and, and then we got, we got uh, Georgia on the phone. And I said, you better have them turn it back because Alabama, they, you know, they called trick play. They got ahead. I'm like, this is going to game all of a sudden. After they go 99 yards and make a 10 to nothing, they got their ass beat. Yeah. It was unreal. It was. I've got a couple of theories. I mentioned it last Thursday, but the one I think I didn't mention, and I think this really hurt Georgia, their last two games of the year were just nothings. They had Charleston Southern, which is an FCS school. And then they played Georgia Tech, which was, they were God awful. So the last two weeks of the year, when you need to be getting better and and keeping sharp, they, they could have won and not even practiced those two weeks. They could have lost a little bit of their edge. It's possible. The other thing when I mentioned Thursday was, they were already in the playoffs and that's a psychological disadvantage when things start going wrong. You, you, it's just kind of a normal reaction. And it's just, well, we're already in what the hell, you know, and then Alabama as they do, because they're so well coached found the weakness and they exploited it with some pretty doggone good receivers and a quarterback that played extremely well. And they didn't try to run the ball. Let's just throw it. And they made big plays on him, got him down. And when they got behind, the key was they scored with what, 26 seconds left in the half to go up 24 17. Yep. Want the ball first, start the second half and score. Yep. Georgia couldn't come back from two touchdowns. They yeah. still have the offense to do it. Nope. They're not built to do that. Yeah. It, it is just incredible. And that argument, or not really argument, but my rebuttal to what you're saying of, well, they just weren't quite ready for them. They got ahead 10 to nothing. They were beating their ass. And then, and then just the floodgates open. 
Uh, you're right. They found the weakness. They exposed them. They had played some offenses that weren't great. We talked about that on the show. It's like, yeah, these offenses aren't great, but they've nope. been playing. They played some 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 athletes in this one, and, and they just couldn't stop them. Plain and simple, you know. Well, what makes it so weird? The week before, Alabama was awful on yeah. offense. Yeah, they should have got beat ten to three. Yep, and would have if the Auburn running back hadn't run out of bounds because they were out of timeouts. They'd run the clock. They got the ball back for their last drive with about 30 seconds to go, and they had to go 87 yards. I don't think they would have scored. Oh, they might have because they're Alabama. But three points against Auburn? I mean, that's what makes this sport so baffling. It's so hard to figure out. At times they've struggled all year with with not just Auburn and not just the offense, just all over. And that was the other thing. Their defense kind of shut them down after that long drive, you know, for, for a long period of time, Georgia couldn't do anything. So, I mean, I mean, just world-class team and they, they deserve are. to be in the playoff. And, and, you know, I feel sorry for everybody that missed out. Well, I guess it was really at the end, the end, just Notre Dame that missed out, but Bama deserved it. There's no question. You beat Georgia. That was that was unreal. All right, let's move on. Michigan left no doubt, forty-two to three. They look like a team that's poised to to make the playoff, make a run, all that kind of stuff. So really good win for them. Cincinnati, I was happy to see it. I'm glad they're in. I really they get Alabama now, and and you know, two weeks ago I said, hey, if you if I would have said, hey, Cincinnati got in and they get to play Alabama, you'd probably be like, good, they could beat them. <laughs> Maybe not now. I don't know. It's going to be weird, but um, Cincinnati's in. I, I was happy for that. Are we going to talk about the pairings here later? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, we're, we're just in two seconds because the rest of these games don't matter quite as much. Well, we got to talk about this one. Exactly. I do want to talk about this one. <laughs> if you listen to the show, we pretty much told you Oklahoma State's going to choke in this game. It's going to be really close. Take Baylor plus the five and a half. And Oklahoma State choked almost the whole game. And mm-hmm. then at the very end, again, they lose 21 to 16. Some teams just aren't ready for the prime time. And Oklahoma State is one of those teams. Yep. Yeah, there was no surprise to me. And Baylor tried to give them the game. Oh, yeah. Baylor did everything they can to try to mm-hmm. lose. It's first and goal from the one mm-hmm. to end the game four straight times. Oklahoma State does not get in. Unbelievable. Well, they had it on the one-yard line another time, too. Yes. So That's twice right. they had the ball on the one yard line, could not got the one field goal. Of course, they had to go for a touchdown on that last drive. But the key thing to me in that game was, I mean, Baylor played great the first half. And and I think it was 21-6 at the half, right? Mm-hmm. And I think they missed a field goal to make it 24-6 right before the half. Yep. And they dominated and they really, really, really played well. They come out the second half, it's 21-6. I think there's about six minutes to go in the third quarter six or seven minutes, their defense is dominating Oklahoma State. They got the ball on about their 39-yard line. It's fourth and one, and they went for it, which I just could not understand with their defense playing that well. They didn't get it, and they gave them points right there. And from then on, Baylor couldn't do anything on offense. Oklahoma State completely shut them down. But their play calling, they couldn't make the big play when they had to do it, which just – I don't know. Some of the stuff they did on offense, it's just typical of what they do in big games. And I think it's a choke job. I, I really do. They should have beat Baylor. 
Yeah. Uh, but they didn't. And I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's two good defenses, uh, you know, um, against two bad offenses. And that's kind of what made it look as sloppy as it was at times. But yeah, in the end, Oklahoma State, they, they choked. There's no way around it. I'm sorry. And I, I'm not, I'm not the type of guy to sit here and just make fun of teams, but when it's so obvious, I mean, mm-hmm. good Lord, it's so bad. Um, kid, hey, uh, I, I kid got stopped short is from my hometown, Russ says. So, really? You know, that kid made a great effort on that. Oh, that you talking about the Baylor guy? I'm talking about the last oh. play, both of them. That was a yeah. tremendous effort. Hey, that kid from Baylor, he covered some ground now. Yeah. A fantastic play. And I'll tell you one thing about these two teams. They will knock the crap out of you. Yeah. They are physical uh, team. Baylor will hit you. Yeah, um, it was a rock'em sock'em type game. I'll say that. But one one little final thing. Uh, after the game, I was listening to a call-in show, and a guy that used on the OU games was on this one too. And and he was he's an Oklahoma State grad, and he was so mad they lost that game, and he was blaming everybody, you know, and he was really upset. But the people calling in from Oklahoma State were just satisfied they were in the game. Yeah. They weren't upset at all. And they just lost at that time. They didn't know Alabama was going to be Georgia. They probably just blew a chance to get into the playoffs with that loss, which they've never even smelled the playoffs before. It just shows you the expectations are a little different at a place like that, which is another reason why Venables didn't go to Auburn. Yeah, that's the difference right there. They were satisfied they beat Oklahoma this year. Yeah, so. absolutely. All right, uh, three one, uh, three games here. I'll just read the scores. 45-21, Pittsburgh over Wake Forest. 46-13, Utah State. They dominate San Diego that, State. I couldn't believe that score. Could you? No, I couldn't either. I, I, if they would have won 16-13, to 13, I yes. wouldn't have been surprised at all. But, yeah, and, and then Louisiana wins 24-16 over Appalachian That's State. a pretty good Sunday. football team. That's a pretty good football team right there. That's 12 in a row for them. Yeah, they lost Texas the opening week and then won 12 in a row. So, really, really good season for them. All right, let's talk about the matchups real quick before we go to the NFL and get you out of here before the Monday night game gets going. Uh, okay, so Alabama-Cincinnati, that'll be the 1-4 matchup. And then Michigan and Georgia, the 2-3 matchup. Give us your thoughts on the seedings there. Did they get it right? Well, I'm just going to throw some stuff out there because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Oh, they didn't get it right. And I'll tell you why. And I, 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 I'm, you know, the arguments are either way, whatever you guys, you know, whatever you want to argue, I I can go with along with you. But my thoughts are this. I think if a team goes undefeated and nobody else in there does, they should not be seated fourth. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Here's the thing. When you look at, at the losses that the other three teams suffered. Okay. Alabama lost to an eight and four Texas A&M team. Does that not mean anything? Yeah, it should. It should. It should. Michigan, their, their loss is okay. It was a 10 and two Michigan state team. That's okay. And Georgia lost to Alabama that mm-hmm. lost to an eight and four team. My point is this. There's one team in the country, one out of 130 FBS schools that went undefeated. One. Don't care who you're playing. They were under immense pressure to win 
and they did. They did everything they were supposed to do. And let's not forget, they beat the number five team on the road to get there. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I don't think they should be one, but they could be three. Mm-hmm. If you want to go ahead and and I personally think Michigan should be one mm-hmm. and Alabama two. That's that's my thoughts. I'm not, I, I you know if you want to there's a valid argument for the way they did it. I I I, I can see it both ways, but I know they wanted to avoid an Alabama Georgia rematch in the semis. They wanted to avoid that. Yeah. Well, they shouldn't. That's not the way you do it. Yeah. That's the way it's supposed to be. Then, by God, they play again. Yeah. And I, I don't care who you are. But anyway, they could have put Michigan 1, Alabama 2, Cincinnati 3, and Georgia 4. I think that's the way it should have been. I, I just do. Yeah, I, and you, you accomplish the exact same thing if you do it that way. And I agree, it would make sense. And listen, the way Michigan ended the season, you could have easily said, hey, they're number one. You know, <laughs> they won 42-3. to three. They killed Ohio State. Yeah. You know, they're number one. Yeah, I, 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 and again, Alabama was a goofy, stupid play by Auburn's running back away from not even be, being considered. Yeah, yeah. For this. Yeah. You think a, a 10-3 loss to a 7 and it would have ended up a 7-5 and five Auburn team? Uh-huh. Surely to God, that would have been enough to knock them out, wouldn't it? I don't know. They didn't ask Paul Feinbaum, but, <laughs> I mean, they still might have got in. I don't know. I'm just saying that I think there's a valid argument for Cincinnati to be above a four because they went undefeated. I'm probably the only one in the world, but I just think it's pretty, pretty dead gum hard to go undefeated, you know, under well, the floor. At the end of the day, it doesn't really mean a thing because the seating doesn't mean anything. So, I mean, it doesn't mean home field advantage. No, no. So you got to, you got, Cincinnati, and whether you're one or four, you got two games to win a national championship. So, um, and well, have you seen the lines? Uh, no, have you? Are they out? They were out yesterday. I'm sure they may have changed. Now, the okay. opening line was Alabama 13 and a half over Cincinnati. Okay. The other one that I think was interesting was Georgia was seven and a half over Michigan. Now, at this point, right now, there's a long way to go. I take Michigan all day, and that's seven and a half. I almost would take the underdogs in both those games. Well, I'm not sure on the Cincinnati thing. I think if Alabama plays the way they did, they may have too much speed. You have to look at one game doesn't make a season, right? It's true. You look at the whole body of work. Yeah. I think you would take Cincinnati plus 13 and a half. I really do. Um, The Michigan one – they were talking to the guy that's on ESPN. Oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. He thought he he thought that lo- that line was low. He thought it'll go up fourteen and a half, maybe fifteen before it's all done. And he said he would take Cincinnati in a heartbeat. Yeah, I, I just think you just look at look at the okay the Georgia game. Sure, that was unbelievable. All the credit in the world to Alabama and Dennis. You just pointed it out too. Not only Auburn, they all they could have lost to Florida, they could have lost to LSU, they could have lost to Arkansas. Obviously, they didn't, but for betting purposes, Cincinnati is better than Florida, LSU, and Arkansas. Absolutely. So if you're There's- getting 15 points, Cincinnati makes sense right now. I guarantee you, if it was any team but Alabama 
They would not be number one. Michigan would. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that right now. Now, did they deserve the respect they get? Yes. Mm-hmm. I will be the first one to say they do. Yeah. But if they'd have put Michigan number one, there, there would have been no, there, there should be no argument. Right. They should have been number one. Yeah. Um, Curtis is saying, hey, after Georgia just got embarrassed, he's going to take them all day long. They could have a big bounce back game. The only question mark with Michigan, can they match up physically with Georgia? We're not sure. Yes, they matched up very well against the, the Big Ten teams, but this is different. If they can and they can stop their run and they can hold them, then I think you're in a game that's going to be a touchdown, mm-hmm. field goal, somewhere around in there. If they gash them, and I've seen teams like these Georgia-type teams, not Georgia themselves, but teams like them, just gash teams where they kind of out-physical them, then it's going to be a long day for Michigan. I'm scared that that might happen to them in this game. Honestly, if Cincinnati doesn't play them within two touchdowns, I will be very disappointed in Cincinnati. Yeah. The other thing with Georgia, how much is that loss going to affect them? Yeah. And, yet, you know, a lot of guys said, well, they'll just get mad and come back. How much of their confidence has been shattered? Yeah. And how much has been taken out of them by Alabama kicking their butt again? Mm-hmm. Going full well, in order to win the national championship, they're probably going to have to beat Alabama. Yep. Yep. Now, you know, isn't it, think- funny, isn't it funny how they've gone from the greatest team this year to now, I'm doubting them a little bit. Yeah. You know? Well, they were less than even money to win the national championship before that game, and now I think they're like plus 135 last I saw. So it's interesting. Um, I'm not against them. I, I still think they can come back and win this thing, but we'll see. Lee Corso said from the very first college game day, Alabama will beat Georgia in the SEC title game, and then Georgia will beat Alabama in the national title game. So it would be well, unbelievable that old bastard got that right. But that would be very much, but it, 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 it could happen. He said it since uh, the, the Travers Day. We had college game day on, and he said it. So, <laughs> and he, he stuck with it the whole time. So, you know, and another thing to kind of think about, and they're not even playing each other yet, is Kirby Smart intimidated by Saban? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, it, I mean, there's a hell of a lot of coaches that are intimidated by Nick Saban and, and with good cause. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So, I, I don't know. We'll see. All right, let, let's run let's through see. these NFL games. Right. We got, I'm listen. We're, we're we're getting out here at seven. I want to watch this football game. Well, so then we got, we got Murray, does it? Uh, seven fifteen. It kicks oh, okay. off. Okay. So I and I that's the kicks. That's what you want to watch in this game. <laughs> where, yeah. where where the kicks going to go? So we're going to rapid fire this blinkers off style. We got eight minutes here. Uh, Cowboys over the Saints on Thursday night, twenty seven seventeen. Watched a little bit of this game on and off. What did you think of it? You think Cowboys pretty good win, right? Yeah, it's a good win. I don't remember a damn thing about it. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like that was six <laughs> years ago when that game happened. Um, this one was pretty good as well. Tampa wins uh, thirty to seventeen over the Falcons. I just call it a workmanlike win, right? Yeah, typical Tampa win. They're 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 getting on a roll now, and they're going to mess around with the Packers to decide who gets the number one seed, I think. Well, you still got Arizona, too, but Arizona's got a couple of tough games. Well, and speaking of three Arizona. Really, three really good teams in the NFC. Yes, yes, I totally agree. And speaking of Arizona, Kyler Murray back, DeAndre Hopkins back. 
It looked like the old Cardinals, 33-22, to 22, win over the Bears. Another one, it's just like never in doubt, went, went, went out there, took care of business. Yeah, and they've got a game lead mm-hmm. on both Green Bay and uh, Tampa. They're a game ahead of them. And, uh, but Green Bay has the tiebreaker against the Cardinals. Yeah. So keep that in mind, too. Yeah. Uh, all three of those teams, I think, are a lock for the playoffs. And uh, Green Bay, obviously – our division champs, you just well mail that in right now. Tampa, too. They're both division champs. Cardinals still have a little bit of work to do. All right. How about these bastard Cincinnati Bengals? Um, <laughs> I don't even I, I either one of these teams. I, I I'm not I'm okay. New rule. There will be no betting on either one of these teams the rest of the year. I watched every snap of this one because this was the local game they're playing uh, in Charleston. And we had, we hadn't went to the bar yet to watch the late games where they had the NFL ticket, and I was just in awe of how terrible the Bengals played in this game. They gave them all like all their points basically. Uh, Chargers win forty one to twenty two. The, the the Bengals get way behind. They storm back. They get within two. They're driving to take the lead. Fumble, scoop and score, yeah. and it was over from then. Unbelievable, wasn't it? I was out. I don't know what I was. I can't remember. But I turned it on. It's twenty-four to nothing already. I thought I was looking. I thought I was seeing things. I, I, I it was like the second quarter, and it's twenty-four to nothing. I, yeah. I thought, well, I picked Cincinnati, so <laughs> that's why that's happening. You know, last week you just bragged on the Bengals. You know, they were going to win the division. Oh boy, and, and and Baltimore got beat. I was going to say, listen, that division is there somebody <laughs> has got a shot at all right let's move on I'll, we'll get to that in a second all right. uh the lions <laughs> magic the lions win 29 to 27 in dramatic fashion the last play of the game the lions score a touchdown and beat the vikings unreal and of course it's the vikings that they beat oh yeah <laughs> the vikings are done put a fork <laughs> in them that's it no way yeah. Yeah, that was a great I mean I guess they were due, weren't they? I mean, how many yeah. tough games have they lost and they finally won one and they don't have to be the first team to go 0-16 and 1. <laughs> and I'll have you know, Magic, I jumped out of my chair when that happened. I, they won. He caught it, you know. <laughs> yeah. You had to wait. Surely he dropped it. No, he caught it. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for a flag. It was fun to watch. Uh, Jared Goff was going crazy. It was amazing. Magic says he was in a shock uh, for a good 10 minutes after. Not that they won, but that they won in a way that usually they see sees them lose. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Oh, and I forgot Russ is a Vikings fan. <laughs> God, I would not. That's the Ugh. ultimate embarrassing loss. Well, Russ, if it makes you feel any better, we almost lost to Kansas this year. So, you know, yeah. it's. You know, uh, Minnesota should have lost to Detroit the first time they played them, too. No, like, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Minnesota should either almost win or almost lose every week. It's ridiculous. <laughs> they're, they're just a ridiculous team. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. How about this? Six and seven. The Dolphins, a real impressive 20 to nine win over the. The New York Giants, but another oh. win, and now we got the Jets. We're getting 500. They're in the playoffs, huh? They yes. really are. Yes. What's the problem I see for the Dolphins? They have a bye this week. 
I this know. Gonna break their momentum. I they know need it. to play. Hey, <laughs> this this team, man, I'm telling you, finally Tua has been healthy for a string of games, and he's he looks pretty decent, you know. So it's been uh it's it's been nice to see them rally they're playing, and they're playing great defense. Yeah. What I you know, I was I was so pissed because I really studied them before the year, and when they started off one and seven, I was like, God, I can't believe this has went this way. And it's just nice that it's like yeah, the things I saw positive about them are finally showing up. So you know what turned them around, Aaron? I I, I remember I was so mad. It was a Thursday night game against the Ravens. Yeah, yep. And I picked, of course, uh, un- the under and the point total for uh, Miami, yep. and all kinds of crazy shit happened in that game to where I lost it. Yep. And that's what that's what got him going. I picked it. I picked the uh, against them, and I've got him rolling now. <laughs> Yeah, so Ravens, I won't touch them. I won't touch them the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. The Ravens game definitely, definitely, definitely uh, was the one that kind of got him going a little bit. All right, uh, Garner Minshew uh, fills in for Jalen Hurts, and uh, the stash gets it done. Minshew magic thirty-three to eighteen over the Jets. That gets the Eagles kind of back into the picture a little bit. Yeah, six and seven, uh, eight and nine may win that. May get that last. <laughs> Wild card spot in the NFC. It might. It might. Yeah, there's going to be a whole bevy of teams trying to get that seventh spot. Uh, the Colts win 31 to nothing. Good win over the Texans. Just took care of business, like I said. Yep. This one, okay, here's another bad beat story for my cousin. All right. So I said he likes to bet NFL. That's what he really likes to bet. He's a huge yep. Patriots fan. He's on the last leg of a four-team parlay. He's got the Raiders minus oh. one and a half to cash it. Oh. So we go to uh, the local, one of the local sports bars there to watch it. A lot of fun, by the way. We had a great time. Well, he didn't, but we had a great time. Me and me and the other cousin laughing at him. It was hysterical. And uh, the other cousin is a, a Pittsburgh fan. So we had a lot of fun during this uh, uh, this round of games. Washington 17, Raiders 15, parlay busted on the last leg for the second day in a row for my cousin. This was a hell of a game. A lot of back and forth. The, the football team, they're not very good. They're just nope. kind of tough. That's how I describe it. Here's the deal with Washington and uh, the Eagle and Dallas, because Washington has two games left with Dallas, and Dallas has got a two-game lead on them. Mm-hmm. All three of these teams, their last five games are against each other. Yep. And then you throw the Giants in there, too. So it's all pretty much division games left, except Dallas does have Arizona. Uh, left, so they're going to settle it amongst themselves, and it's going to be interesting to see see how this all plays out down the stretch. It's funny; it was fourteen to twelve, and the Raiders got the ball back with like seven minutes left, and and I said they're going to go down and kick a field goal. Yeah. <laughs> that won't help. He had minus one and a half, yeah. you know. And that he's won't like, help. Him. Yeah. He's like, oh, and they're not. He's, I'm going to punch a baby if they do that, and they go <laughs> right down and kick. I can't confirm or deny he's punched a baby yet, but we were just dying. And he's uh if you knew him, you would you would know why he's just a he's a little punk and he we were just dying yeah. laughing at him. It was uh, so much fun. And Russ <laughs> Russ makes a good point. When's the last time you saw teams win back to back games seventeen to fifteen? Yeah, it's incredible, right? You gotta That's go a incredible. long way to you gotta go a long way to find that. Listen, and, and you might think I'm crazy, but I, I would watch this football team all day long because they're not very good. You know they're not very good, but every game like this is exciting for them. Yeah. It comes down to the last, and they're scrappy as hell. Their quarterback isn't very good, but he's just a scrappy yeah. guy. He's like, like I said, Doug Flutie Jr. kind of a little yeah. bit, you know. Four in a row for him. Yeah, 
I know. They're fun to watch. All right. Let's move on. OBJ, I see here he gets a touchdown. Good for him. They finally get a win. The Rams yeah. win 37-7. to seven. Not, not a whole talk about here. No. This one, Steelers 20, Ravens 19. The Ravens – listen, Lamar Jackson, he is he is truly, and I honestly believe this now, one of the top – or the, the, the worst five quarterbacks in this league. <laughs> I really – He's so bad. He is so bad. Uh, they they let this one slip away, twenty to nineteen. Let me ask you this: so right. it's twenty to thirteen. Mm-hmm. The Ravens go down and score. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the Ravens going for two there? Why, why do you do that? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Why do you do that? You're playing a team that's not very good. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. There's no now. The play they call would have worked. Yes. It was a great play call. Yes. But I just did not understand that in that situation. I, I, I just I just didn't understand it. Yeah, I don't know. I have no answer for you. I guess he thought that play would work and it would have. Yeah. Uh, didn't they didn't they get some pressure on Lamar and he had to throw it? Yeah, no, I'm not gonna blame Lamar much for that because they right. tried to blitz, they blew it up. And he sidestepped a guy and had to throw, and it's just like, you know what, Andrews? He may have, with a little bit better effort, may have been able to catch it even. Well, he blamed himself. I will give him credit for that. He he about it, but I don't think he should have. The last play was not Lamar's fault at all. No, no, no. I think it's more Pittsburgh's defense's fault on that. The fact that it was twenty to nineteen was Lamar's fault. And and I here's the thing. Yes. Yes. Here's here now. Listen. Say you're playing Tom Brady. Okay, I'm going for two, maybe. Oh, exactly. Yes. Here's the deal. You're playing the horrible Steelers, right? You go to overtime. You lose the toss. What are the chances the Steelers are going to go down and score a touchdown? Not very good. Not very good. You also could win the toss. Yes. I mean, so it's it, it just didn't make any sense. No. You know when they lost this game? They lost it in the first half when they were only had seven to nothing at the half. Yeah. And the Steelers had the ball for what, like ten plays, whole first half, I think it yeah. was something to that. That's where they they should have been much further ahead than they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah, Big Ben was bound to implode, uh, and then coach's fault. But Lamar had to suggest that. Well, suggest it all he wants. He's not. I mean, it's the coach's fault. 100%. First, he's not the coach. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's not the coach. What? what that may be the problem in the NFL. The players rule the roost. I don't know, but yeah, and that's yeah. that's the uh, that's Harbaugh too, and he's been around. I just, I think he, I think he was one hundred percent sure that play would work. Yeah, a hundred percent. Am I watching Manning Cast or regular tonight? I will probably watch the regular. When I'm not totally interested in the game, I'll watch the Manning Cast. But when I really care about just the game and not them, I'll watch the regular. That's my strategy on that. All right. Another, hey, you know what? You said it. You said Seattle is going to win one of these games. They're not that bad. They're not. They beat them. They beat the the inconsistent 49ers 30 to 23. This was another hell of a game. The, the late the, the late uh, afternoon games were fantastic. Right. I, I'm in the process of writing an article, and I've, I've put all of these contenders in the NFC for the wild card records down. And uh, that was a big loss for the Niners. They needed that game. Yeah, you talk about a mess for that seventh, sixth, and seventh playoff spot yeah. in the in the NFC. There's some bad teams fighting for that one. Yeah, you got five and seven Atlanta, 
Carolina and uh, who's New Orleans, they still all have a shot. And they're terrible. Those teams are terrible. Yeah. I think the Niners are going to get in there, but they're going to have to win a couple of games on the road to do it. You're the both side. The wild cards are at that last spot. The last yeah. spot. It's just, yeah. a, it's a mishmash of just shit, really. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to get in for sure. Yeah. Uh, final game. Minnesota too, Russ says Minnesota. Russ, they're dead. I mean, they're probably <laughs> you got, dead. After you that. have to beat Detroit, Russ. You have to. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, last game. Listen, the Chiefs win 22 to 9. Uh, and this was kind of an ugly game for both teams. It was a big win, obviously, for the Chiefs. They got to keep winning. They still don't look quite right, but good win. Uh, Denver, God, their offense is just brutal to Denver watch. Denver has the worst quarterback. Well, okay. I'll agree with that. I'll take Lamar <laughs> over Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> that guy threw a couple of the worst interceptions I think I've ever seen. Yeah. It, it's bad. Bridgewater is really, really, really bad. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it a little later than I thought. Uh, I do want to make, I do want to comment uh, on the Bob Baffert stuff that's going on just real quick. And I kind of want to give you my stance on why I'm not, I'm just, I'm not, you're not going to hear me say a whole lot. And, and it doesn't have anything to do with me not being upset about it. Cause I am. And I hate it for the horse, but I'm just not, interested in the he, he kills horses no he doesn't crowd everybody fights on twitter about it pointless nothing happens we go on i'm just not it's a merry-go-round that i have jumped off and i'm not coming back on and here's an example most of you listening probably are like what are you talking about nobody sticks up for bob baffert when you're us and you tweet something out 80 percent of you are like yeah he's he's awful but 20%, 30% maybe even in some cases, they they love him. They still think he's the greatest thing ever. Some guy just tweeted, and literally Jared sent this to me just a minute ago. Uh, Jared said something about, you know, Medina Spirit failed. Uh, uh, Bob Affer failed Medina Spirit. Horse racing failed Medina Spirit. What will come of this? Nothing. And he's probably right. The reply you idiot, jealous asshole. I'm sure you did not take the vaccine since you don't believe in doctors. I hope you get sick. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's the thing. I'm not like, I'm just not interested in the craziness that's going back and forth. And why I'm not interested in it is because you're going to piss somebody off no matter mm -hmm. what you do. And even some people will go, you're not being mean enough. Some guy said, I'm not buying your guides ever again if you pick a Baffert horse. I well, said, what is me picking against Baffert going to do? He's like, you well, got to do something. I said, how much more can we do than call him an asshole for a year straight on all of our airways? Like, that's all I can do. That I don't have power to do anything else. I'm well, done with it. I'm just yeah. done. Well, it's just like we were talking before we went on the air, Aaron. Horses die this way. I don't know how frequent it is, but it happens sometimes to racehorses yes. where they have a workout and they have a heart attack. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a human. But you can't give Bob Baffert the benefit of the doubt. Nope. That's the problem. It's happened too many times. And and even, even if he, it, it, this is legit, you know, the first thing you, especially, and you guys that are in horse racing a hell of a lot more than I am, 
first thing you're going to think, well, hell, it's Baffert. It happens all the time. It happens too much. He could be he could be entirely innocent in this. Yeah. And it's like Russ said, and you know, that's the whole problem when it comes to this. That you know, you you can't you, you can't give him the benefit of the doubt because it's happened too much, and I hate it for this horse. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm an animal lover, and there's one thing that I, I when I go to the track, and I don't go near as much as you do, but I do go. The one thing I hope when I walk out of that track is no horse got hurt that day because it it's part of the game, mm-hmm. it just is, and that just makes me sick whenever I see one get hurt and. You know, I, I know the people that work at the track are the same way. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, everybody's fed up with it. But, you know, guys, and and, and somebody like Manu, I, you've been following us for a long time, Russ and you and, and, and Dennis as well, and maybe everybody listening, I don't know, but you guys are chiming in. I fought the fight as, as hard as I knew how to fight it the last time. And I'm not even talking about the Derby. I'm talking about his other just positive, like the Arkansas Derby, you know, and, and – I've talked to people who I, I thought might be able to make a difference. People we've been connected with on the airways. It doesn't do any good. And so I'm just kind of done stressing out about it. I will still do the same things as far as, Hey, the guy's an asshole. The guy's a liar, all this stuff. I'll say it, but I, the, the days of me getting on Twitter and, and fighting with people and going back and forth and responding to that craziness, it's over. And, and I'm not, I'm just not going to get involved with it. And, Again, I, because the, 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 the thing is, none of us sitting here, whether you're listening or, or Papa Dude or I, can do anything about no. it. No. It just can't. And, and, and the stat is, and, and what you said of, hey, in this case, he could be innocent. And what Russ says, though, and what you said as well, if it's the first time, then you give a guy the benefit oh, of the exactly. doubt. He's had, he's had 74 horses die in his home state of California since the year 2000. And I know, and it's just, uh, that's, I doubt any other trainer can get close to that. Yeah. I just doubt that. Uh, the other thing, Baffer doesn't have 500 horses in his stable, does he? Well, he used to, in, in the early 2000s, he had a little bit more, but he doesn't have just a ton. He's, and it's a big stable, but it's not like a super stable, like a Cox and Aspies and a blah, blah, blah. What's he got, 40? Oh, I hate to maybe 40 to 60. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. But I don't know. I Well, all you can I do don't is- know what the answer is other than the owners have to stop sending him horses. That's number one. And guys, like, like Manny says here. Okay. And this is the thing. He's suspended from the, from the, from Churchill Downs and from the Kentucky Derby right now. Mm-hmm. And he still is loaded with, with, Horses that are two-year-olds getting ready to turn three. He's got a hundred of them, it seems like. Yeah. So it's like they try, like Churchill Downs tried. Yeah. They tried to make that. It's like, well, maybe nobody will give him a two-year-old because they can't run in the derby. He still has them. Like, so it's responsibility of the owners a little bit. I think they're a lot to blame of it. And overall, the these horse racing people that, that are in charge of these tracks. I mean, that's, that's the two people. That's the only two people that can really do anything. Only two organizations, groups of people, however you want to call it, that can do anything about it. Yeah. And until the industry decides they've had enough, the problem, and I've said this before, and, and I don't like to comment too much because I don't know that much, but 
He's the star, you know? Yeah. So five years ago, that would be the case. Now, with so everything much. that's happened, I don't, I just think that's. Well, okay. You're looking at it from an expert like you and Magic and all you guys on here are. I'm looking at it. I mean, I know more than the average fan by, by a long shot. Mm-hmm. That's, who they, that's who they know. Yeah. They know who that is. Well, my mother-in-law, for they, example. I mean, Chad Brown. They don't know who Chad Brown is when they right. see him. Brad Cox. They don't know Brad Cox. But when that yeah. white hair comes on the TV, they go, oh, yeah, that's the guy that wins the Kentucky Derby every year. Yeah. That's what they think, yeah. you know? And and that's a problem. But but horse racing will survive without that bastard. Yep. They will. And they need to learn that. And I don't know why these owners would keep giving him horses. I, I well, I do know why, because they want to. They think they're going to win with him. You know, it's a bad deal. Yeah, and and this is the biggest thing. And Dennis says, in my opinion, he's still not the worst. You mean there's other guys that are worse, Dennis? I don't think it's even close. That's the sad thing. No, meaning I'm agreeing with Dennis. There's a ton worse. Oh, really? That are cheating, but they just don't have the, the the name. Yeah, yeah. They run and in they the smaller have, races. They don't have the quality of horse that's running in that huge race. Right. right. They're they're minor people that are running in five thousand dollar claimers and that kind of stuff. Yeah, for the most part, some maybe a little bit more, but you know, I think if we looked at the Oakland program for Friday, we could find two or three, four, five, eight. It might be worse than Bob Baffert. And, but when you let it go on at the highest level, how are you going to police the lowest level? Well, aren't, aren't all of these, aren't these winners of the races, aren't they tested? Well, yeah, but they find ways to mask all of it. That's the thing. The trainers do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe they need better testing, but does that cost too much? Well, I mean, they do. They do. And, and, and it's, it's, it's more, what they have set up now basically is, a Mickey Mouse system, and they don't catch it. And then, so then they they don't catch anything, and then they can report, "Hey, everybody tests clean. We don't know," and yeah. and, and just and just be ignorant about it. I see. Yeah. So. Yeah, Manu, I read about this today. The cow racing vet is not a fan of his. Apparently, not expecting anything, but still curious about the post mortem. Yeah, I could see. I've heard that on Twitter a lot today. Um, so. I don't have any knowledge on that one way or the other. Well, I think the crime of this whole thing is, in my opinion, as an outsider compared to you guys, there still hasn't been a reached a decision on the Kentucky Derby, and that was in May. Right. Yeah. That's seven freaking months. I remember I was on, oh, three or four national shows when that happened. And that was the one, like, thing – or that because they, you know, they're they're sports people, and a sports decision is made, and it's yeah. done. Yeah. And they would be like, "Well, when when do you think? A couple days? Well, no." And I said, "Maybe by the time they run it next year." And everybody just like, "What?" I said, "Well, they will drag this out for a year." Like Charlatan got disqualified from the Arkansas Derby two years ago, and and he was named. He got disqualified. And then they overruled it, and he was named the Arkansas Derby winner three days before the next year's race was getting ready to run. So that's the other problem. It's just nuts. Yeah. You know that that testing has got to be done by now, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, the Kentucky Derby is the biggest race there is. 
wouldn't you be able to speed that testing up a little bit, you would think? You would think, but they're testing it and retesting it and split samples, and it's just a joke. It is. And so anyway, that's that's where we're at. Um, well, I, I didn't want to comment on it. And to clarify this. As okay. of now, he can't run in the Derby. As of now, yes, that's correct. But he can go to the Preakness. Correct. And he, he can't run in New York, right? He can, yes. Well, I thought they banned him too. They did, but he was able to get a court order. Right. So and now they have to allow him to run. Yeah, so let's get this straight. Mm-hmm. He can run in two of the three. Yeah. So he can still, the horses he has can still make a fortune. I can still make a lot of money running in the Preakness and the Belmont. Yep. Yep. That's why the owners are giving him their horses. Yep. He needs to be banned from everything. And listen, Naira tried to keep him out. They couldn't. So how's Churchill going to keep him out eventually? I I don't know. He went and got a lawyer and sued Naira, didn't he? Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know. I've said for years, and I'll still say it. You don't need those kind of stars for horse racing. You 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 just don't. People no. go to watch the horse. They don't. They want they want to watch the races. They love to watch the horses run. Most of them do. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And they get the horse racing are those old trainers that are just fighting their ass off all the time. Not these jackasses like him. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And you're stealing money from the people that are doing exactly what you com or what you're talking about. And that's. That's where I have the biggest problem with it. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's, um, let's see. Hold on. Bowl preview or save it for, yeah, we're going to save that one for later, but we will do one. Yeah. We will do it, uh, Russ, because the bowls don't start until the 17th, I think, is the first one. So yeah. we'll hit it next week, probably. Mm-hmm. We've got a little bit of review for the college season, I think, coming up Thursday, kind of a yep. little award type ceremony that we would do, kind of a pre Heisman Trophy thing. Yep. And then we'll have the NFL, and uh, we'll have a lot of bowl stuff, though, coming up. Yeah, for sure. We will have a lot of bowl. We'll have a lot of uh, college football recap, and we'll do the NFL games, uh, obviously, uh, on Thursday as well. So it looks like everybody's signing off because the game has started, so we take you right up to kickoff, guys. We're going to do the same. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you right back here on Thursday uh, for another big uh, week of NFL action. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever Dudes Who Bet Sports. So you want to bet sports, but you need some advice on how to cash in big at a heck of a price. Well, if you want enough money to line your shorts, then you're in the right place. This is Dudes Who Bet Sports. Dudes Who Bet Sports. It's your favorite show. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Where degenerates go. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, the Associated Press is full of shit.